the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following broadcast is brought to you by Sons of God International and Freedom Fellowship Church. Hello, and welcome to the prophetic voice of our time, where we focus on the voice of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Our host, Christina Sasso, is a senior pastor at Freedom Fellowship Church. Let's hear what she has to say to the body of Christ. Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Joshua Sasso with Freedom Fellowship Church and Sons of God Ministries International. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. You're listening to the prophetic voice of our time. And let me tell you, God is moving in the earth and he has exciting things for us, even this week. This week, we're going to be sharing a clip from a sermon that was done at Freedom Fellowship Church a few weeks ago. The topic of the sermon is about having a lifestyle of fasting and praying. Let's have a listen. So I want us to turn to uh, Matthew chapter 17, and this is where we're going to start. Starting with verse 14, and I'm reading in the New King James Version. It says, And then, when they had come to a multitude, a man came to him, Jesus, kneeling down to him, and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely. For he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Because of what's happening, he's doing a lot of self-harm. He's putting a lot of in danger to himself. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me, right? So the disciples, they couldn't cast out this demon, right? They couldn't heal him. So they had to bring him to Jesus. It says, bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, From here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. And that's what it's like if you have faith and you put it in action. But then he continues, However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Now, we've talked about this passage before, but in here, did Jesus stop and did he start to pray and fast for this child? Did he call an assembly? Okay, let us fast and pray to cast this demon out. No, he didn't. He spoke to the demon and it left him and the child was healed immediately. So what does Jesus mean when he says that this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting? The reason why he says this is because... Unless you had been spending a lot of time praying and a lot of time fasting ahead of time, right? You're living a lifestyle where you're continually praying to God. You're living a lifestyle where you're continually buffeting your flesh. Unless you are doing that, then you would not be able to cast out this demon, okay? And so there is a certain lifestyle that those who are going to operate in power and authority have to lead by, and it's a lifestyle of prayer and fasting, right? And that's something that's very important because as Pastor Chris said this morning, and she mentioned it very explicitly, is that you cannot expect yourself to move in power unless you have a lifestyle of praying 
and then asking God what you're going to pray about, right? Which means that from a day-to-day basis, you are involving God in your life, and you're having this ongoing dialogue with him, okay? Every day we're buffeting our flesh, and we are submitting ourselves to God, okay? It has to be a lifestyle. And understand this includes in the transfer of wealth. There are things that you will not be able to do in the spiritual realm unless you have this lifestyle of praying and fasting, right? That's as Jesus explicitly shows us here that the disciples clearly couldn't cast out this demon because they did not yet have that lifestyle, okay? It has to be a daily walk, okay? Christianity, it's not about the traditions, right? It's not about attending the church services. It is all about living a godly lifestyle, okay? It is complete replacement for the old ways of living, and it's a new way of living, Now, Jesus explicitly says, he said, except by prayer and fasting, which means that fasting is also a part of this. Now, what does it mean to fast? Well, typically we think, right, abstaining from food, right? When I'm fasting, okay, I'm going to abstain from food for X number of days, right? Um, And that's technically correct. Fasting is abstaining from things, right? Refraining from particular things that your flesh is craving for or your flesh needs, right? It's a form of disciplining your flesh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 26, Paul writes, Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Right? So what is he talking about? He said, look, I'm bringing my flesh into subjection. I want to make sure that it is not Lord over me. I want to make sure that the old man is dead and stays dead and does not have any rule over me, okay? And so the fasting is a part of that because we have to ensure that our flesh does not rule us. But if you haven't had a habit of disciplining your flesh, when God asks you to do something that your flesh doesn't like, you're going to have a much harder time. Now, the cool thing is that Jesus, he also gives us instructions about how we're supposed to carry on fasting and buffeting and discipling, disciplining our flesh. It says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 16, he says, Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. And it's true. And you see plenty of people like this. When they're fasting, they make a big show of it, right? Oh, I'm fasting to hear from God. And they make a big show of how much they're suffering for Jesus and how holy they are and how righteous they are, right? Well, here Jesus explicitly says, do not do it with a sad countenance. Okay, when you're fasting, you should be smiling, right? Do not seem downtrodden. Do not disfigure your faces so that you appear to be fasting to others. Because when you make a scene, what are you doing it for? You're doing it for other people so that they would recognize, wow, look at how righteous and holy and dedicated that person is, right? The motivation for that is wrong. And then he says, but when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And understand, this doesn't just apply to fasting, okay? When God asks you to do something that's difficult, we should also not make a show of it. Or you shouldn't try to get sympathy from others or try to people to recognize, oh yeah, you're suffering so much, you're giving so much for Christ. Because you're trying to get attention and honor and praise from men. And then it defeats a purpose, which is honoring God, okay? I want to remind you of a story of an old man. He was 90-something years old. 
Finally, after praying and believing for God that he would have a son, he had a son named Isaac, right? And after having Isaac, God gave him this instruction. You're going to take Isaac, you're going to go to this altar, this place that I set you, and you're going to sacrifice him. And then the scripture says that early the next morning, he rose up and he left with Isaac, okay? He didn't say a word. He didn't make a show of it, okay? Because sometimes when God asks us to do something difficult, we make a show of it. It's like, oh my gosh, God is testing me. God is trying my faith. We are making a show of our obedience to Christ, okay? But Abraham, it says he got up, he left, he got the wood, and he went on his way, okay? Nobody even knew why he was going. They just knew, okay, well, he's going on a journey with his son, right? He didn't make a show of it. He didn't make a scene because the most important person to honor was God, right? He was not looking for praise from men or reassurance from men or sympathy from men, okay? And again, if you have this lifestyle where you're praying and fasting, you're disciplining your flesh and submitting it to God, right? You're submitting your desires to God. You're submitting the things that you want to God. Then when he asks you to do something that's a little bit difficult, something that tests your faith, you will be able to do it and you'll be able to do it. Man, I'm obeying God. I can't wait to see what he does with this, right? Because we focus on the circumstances that God puts us in rather than the result that he wants to bring in our life, right? Because the promise that God spoke over Abraham is that he was going to be the father of many nations and that it was going to be through Isaac, okay? So he focused on that promise. It still stands no matter what, no matter the circumstances, okay? God promised that this was going to be the son that I was going to have and that I was going to be the father of many nations. So it doesn't matter the circumstances that God has placed me in to obey him, right? So rather than making a big show of, oh, this is such a big, difficult decision, he focused on God. When you focus on God, when you focus on his nature, on who he is and his promises, then the obedience becomes easier because you realize who you're putting your trust in. You're putting your trust in somebody who's never going to let you down. You're putting your trust in somebody who's never going to betray you, right? Okay, it becomes easier in that situation. That's why in the scripture it says, That by faith, when Abraham believed God, reasoning that he could even raise Isaac from the dead, right? This is the God of the universe who controls life and death in the palm of his hand. So death is inconsequential to God. And we see that in Christ where he rose again from the dead. So Abraham, he was focusing on God. He said, okay, this doesn't make sense to me. This is the God of all creation that controls life, death, and everything. So I can submit my only son to him. Because you imagine, okay, maybe God says, hey... Can you not watch any TV for a week, right? Why don't you spend that time focusing and praying with me, right? What if God asks you to do something like that? And then every time, right, evening, maybe you have a regular show you watch, and then you start making, oh, no, I can't watch my show, right? And you start making a scene about it, right? I can't watch my show. What am I going to do? What kind of obedience is that, (laughs) right? And not only that, what kind of testimony are you showing God, right? When he asks you to do something more difficult, then what's your reaction going to be like, right? If you can't not watch your TV show for a week, what's going to happen when you have to face down the giants of Hollywood, right? Or the giants in the political arena, okay? And you're at warfare. Because what we have to understand is that there is a spiritual war going on, okay? And when you're at war, you don't have a lot of time for recreational activities, okay? Soldiers have to undergo a lot of discipline process, okay? They have to be ready in an instant to do battle, They have to sleep in the dirt in uncomfortable places, go to the bathroom in uncomfortable places, right? Okay, they don't have the conveniences and the entertainment available to them at all times when you're in the middle of the battle, okay? So if you're not training, 
to be prepared for it, then you're going to be woefully unprepared when it comes time. And that's why God, right, he's not going to put you in the position if you're not ready for it. Okay, so when God asks you to do something that maybe is uncomfortable for your flesh, see it as a discipline process that's preparing you to be a leader, to take over various industries, right, and establish the kingdom of God. You have to see it that way, okay, and you have to see that my destiny, my fulfillment in life, my true joy and happiness is going to be at this place that God is leading me, okay, and that trumps everything that's around me in my circumstances. You have to see it in that. That it is that precious treasure that you need to pursue no matter what. So it's a remapping of your mind, right? Because before it's like, well, God asks something you do difficult and you see a trial, right? You see a burden. But if you remap your mind this way, now when he asks you to do something now, oh, that's a golden opportunity, right? That's a new treasure for me to discover. And then when you do that, you're not going to have a sad countenance when you have to obey God, right? You're not going to be downtrodden and making a show of it. You're going to be happy and joyful. It's like, man, I can't wait to see what God has in store for me. That's why the scripture says, count it all joy when you face trials of many kind, right? And this ties into the way that God wants us to run our race, okay? Because he wants us to be all in, okay? Not the tiptoeing, not the lukewarm. It's an all in kind of race. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Starting with verse 24, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? So you should run in such a way that you may obtain it. Everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. So what's he saying? He's like, look, in the natural, when somebody runs a race, everybody's running, but only one person's going to win. Okay. And they give it their all, right? I mean, you, the Olympics is going on right now, right? I mean, you think those runners or those swimmers that they're halfway trying, right? You think they're giving their half of their best effort to get that gold medal? No, they're going to be in their all, right? And they're doing that, as Paul says, for a temporary crown, a temporary prize. Okay. So in this, so much more effort we should put into something that is permanent, something that will be eternal. Okay, if you believe, right, that it's an eternal crown, that is something that is everlasting, then you would put more of an effort into it, into running the race that God has set out for you, okay? And so you need to decide for yourself, okay, I am not going to run my race halfway. I am not going to give a half effort, right? I'm going to go all in on this. And you have to train yourself like an athlete would train for the Olympics, right? Or like a soldier would train for war. You can't do it halfway, And then he continues, verse 26. Therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjugation, lest when I preach to others, I myself should become disqualified. Okay, so what's he saying here? If I don't discipline my own flesh and my own body, then I will become disqualified when it comes time to run that race. Okay, because if you have not... And any athlete that knows this, I mean, if you've been slacking off in training, maybe you run a 400, right? And you haven't run it in a couple weeks leading up to a competition. You're going to be slow, right? You're not going to have the endurance or the fortitude to run the race at your peak potential if you have not been training for it, okay? Any athlete knows this. It seems obvious, right? But guys, we are training for a spiritual battle for this nation, 
And if we know that we're preparing for that, and if we know that God is setting us up to be in those leadership positions, then we should be training ourselves like our life depended on it, right? Like, I am not going to miss this prize that God has laid out for me. I mean, because let's face it, if you had the opportunity to, you know, run at the world championship or run at the Olympics, you'd be training as much as you could and you would make sure, okay, if your coach gave you a specific diet, you would eat that diet, right? If your coach said you're going to wake up at this time and you're going to run for this many hours and then you're going to run again after lunch, right? You would be doing that because those are the athletes that win, okay? They put the work in. The people that are going to partake in the transfer of wealth, influence, affluence, that are going to be pushed into the leadership position by God, okay, they are people that discipline themselves. They are people that implemented this personal relationship with God on a day-to-day basis. They are people that buffeted their flesh, okay, that they underwent the discipline process and they took it seriously, they were not lazy, they did not become lax, they didn't decide, okay, well, it's going to happen when God says it's going to happen, right? Because God's given us instructions already. He's already showed us what we need to do to prepare, okay? So you should treat that, right? That's your training regiment, right? That's your diet. And if you believe that that is what God has said and that that is what God has destined for you, then we should treat it as such, right? And so it is a daily walk for us. In 1 Thessalonians, it says, chapter 5, verse 22, it says, pray without ceasing, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, test all things, hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. Okay, so let's go throughout this. So pray without ceasing. Okay, we are continually having a dialogue with God. He is involved in our day-to-day life. He is involved in our regular decision-making process. Give thanks for everything. Do not quench the spirit. Now, what does it mean to quench the spirit? Now, the word quench has two definitions. The first one we think of is satisfying one's thirst, right? And the second one is to extinguish something like a fire, okay? And that is what's being referred to in this, which is that basically, look, if you're disobeying God, right, or if you're not implementing his ways of doing things, right, if you're not following and obeying him, you are quenching the move of the spirit in your life, okay? You are extinguishing that fire and you're preventing it from moving, Okay, because God is not going to move mightily in your life if you aren't faithful, if you haven't been obeying him, right? Because he has told us again and again now for weeks now that he is going to show himself as holy for his church, right? And as it says here, abstain from every form of evil. If we're committing evil things, if we're sinning against God, and we're still expecting that God's going to put us in a leadership position, how can he trust you in that leadership position? If you're committing sins against him, when you don't even have a platform, when you don't have any influence right now, okay? Because let's face it, guys, with money and resources and power, the temptations only increase. Because once you have money and resources, hey, you know, you can get away with more stuff because more people are willing to suck up to you. People can be bought off. More people will placate to your desires because you have influence and resources. You can just look at Washington. You can look at Hollywood. How many politicians taking bribes from people who have money, right? To further their own gain, okay? So the temptations only increase with money and influence, okay? So if you are unable to abstain from evil now, 
Okay, if you are still dealing with the same compromises again and again, okay, God can't trust you into his leadership position because he is going to show himself as holy and we are his ambassadors. We're his representatives, okay? Okay, and as Pastor Chris said, God had her clean out her house to make sure that Satan didn't have anything on her before she went to engage in spiritual warfare, okay? He is going to expect the same from us when we engage in spiritual warfare for the heart of this nation, it is the same. That is why Joshua said in the presence of the people of Israel, right? Consecrate yourselves because tomorrow God will do miraculous things in your midst. Because consecration is being set apart and being holy for God. Why? Because as soon as they crossed the Jordan River, they started to engage in warfare, right? They came across Jericho, a fortified city that God knocked the walls down for them. Many kings opposed them, okay? Towards the end of the book of Joshua, it goes through the list of king after king after king that opposed the nation of Israel, but that were subdued by them, that were defeated by them. Okay, and it was, I think it was, was it 31 kings in all? 31 kings and nations that stood against the people of God that could not stand against them because they were set apart. They made themselves holy as Joshua instructed them before they engaged in spiritual warfare. If you're trying to be holy before God and you're already engaging in spiritual warfare, you have already compromised yourself. You've already created a weakness, and you've given the enemy an advantage. So, I want you to remember clearly, and I'm going to close up with this, that there are things that you're not going to be able to do if you don't have that lifestyle of prayer and fasting, of submitting your flesh to God. You are going to be limited, just like the disciples could not cast out this demon. There are going to be things that you're not going to be able to do because you have not been adequately prepared ahead of time. It's too late because in the case of Jesus, when this boy was in front of him, it was too late to start fasting and praying because you start fasting and praying for a couple days. He's gone, right? He's off. He might have harmed himself again. He might have caused other problems. It's too late in that situation. The opportunity has been missed. You have to be prepared ahead of the time because what happens is that Christians get into trouble and then they start fasting and praying. Lord, deliver me, right? Save me from this mess that I've made, okay? When that happens, you're playing catch-up. You're not on the offensive, you're on the defensive. And in order to engage in spiritual warfare, you have to start getting on the offensive, okay? Which means that your house is already in order, your defenses are already up, you've already got your armor on, okay? You don't have to deal with those messes and those weaknesses anymore because you dealt with them ahead of time. Then you can be on the offense. Then you can go out and uproot strongholds, right? to tear down, to build into plant, right? You can go out there and you can start making a difference. And so it's too late to be on the offensive if you start fasting and praying when trouble has happened, okay? And I'm not saying you don't fast and pray when trouble has happened, but I'm saying what's happened is that you've been put on the defensive now, right? So how can you be put in a leadership position if you're always going to be put on the defensive, if you're always reactive, okay? Because God has already pointed us in the direction that we should go in. As, as I talked about, I guess it was last week, in the body of Christ, the Holy Spirit, you get access to insider information. Okay? And we've been getting some of that here. Okay? We've been getting some insider information. So he's already pointed us in the direction to where we can prepare and be on the offensive. We can start stepping into position ahead of time, okay? But if you're waiting around, oh, I'm waiting on God, and you're not implementing the things that he has been telling you to implement to prepare for it, then you're wasting that opportunity. And so let's not do that, okay? So you're going to be limited if you don't have a lifestyle of praying and buffeting your flesh, 
okay? And the way that you obey God, the way that you fast before God, right? You do it joyfully, right? You're not, you're not depressed and you're not making a big show of it. And the same when you obey God, you're not trying to get attention from others. When you run the race, you do it in a way that you aim to obtain the prize, okay? You're not just there to go along for the ride. You need to get that mindset, I want what God has for me, and I'm going to run as hard as I can to do it. And then pray without ceasing so that you would not extinguish the fire that the Holy Spirit wants to work in you. And when you do that, guys, you will be prepared for the move of God in your life. Okay? When the time comes that God puts you into a higher position, into a position that maybe there's more pressure involved, maybe there's more demons you have to deal with, more spiritual forces you have to deal with, you will now be adequately prepared for that situation because you didn't waste time and you prepared yourself to follow and obey God now. Amen? All right, thank you so much. And I want to bless all of you, God. I thank you, Lord. That everyone here, Lord, would run the race as if to get that prize, Lord. I pray, God, that you would help them remap their mind, Lord, in Jesus' name, that they would start to see your instructions, Lord, your leading as those golden opportunities, God, in Jesus' name, God. We do not want to grieve you or your Holy Spirit, God, in Jesus' name, but we want to put a smile on your face, Lord. So I pray, God, show us what we need to do, Lord. I pray, God, that you would give them perfect remembrance, God. Remind us, Lord, of the instructions, God. Remind us of the inventions, Lord. Remind us of the business concepts. All of those visions that we might have forgotten in the past, God, I pray, Lord, that you will remind us, God, so that we will implement them now, Lord. And we will put them into action, and we will obey you completely, Lord, with joy and gladness in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to the prophetic voice of our time. We really hope you were blessed by today's episode. And if you were, we want to hear from you. You can call us at 210-695-1630. Or you can email us at sogmi at outlook.com. That's S-O-G-M-I at outlook.com. And we really encourage you to visit our website, sogmi.org. That is S-O-G-M-I.org. That's where you can listen to previous episodes of this podcast and even support this podcast. We're supported by listeners just like you. So if you want to support this ministry, you can go to SOGMI.org and hit the donate button. You can also send a check to P.O. Box 1579, Lotus, Texas 78023. Again, that is P.O. Box 1579, Lotus, Texas 78023. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. 
Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.